every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Speak to us now. Spread a table before us, even in the presence of our enemy. Feed us to overflow with your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you very much, worship team. You all are doing an amazing job to the glory of his name. Well, open with me in your Bible, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 3. Won't be before you long. But how many of y'all like to eat good on Thanksgiving? I mean, come on, be honest. How many of you eat a little bit more than you normally would on Thanksgiving? Well, we're going to heed that exhortation from Jesus himself. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. Thanksgiving really shouldn't be just about the butterball turkey. Shouldn't just be about, you know, whatever it is that you like to eat, fried chicken or grilled salmon or or, or whatever your your taste of choice is. It should be about what it is, and that is giving thanks unto God. Yeah, it's a time of family, but really, it should be about giving thanks unto him. I actually want to begin in John chapter 3 and verse 16. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Someone once said that you've never been loved until you've been so loved. Well, how fitting it is after our series, Perfecting Love, that we're starting a brand new series today that's called Live Big, Give Big. And this is a series that's based out of John chapter 3 and verse 16. You might say, well, what does that have to do with Thanksgiving? And I'm always glad that you asked. The title of this message, this first message on this Thanksgiving morning is this is thanksgiving. Say that with me. This is thanksgiving. Notice that word thanksgiving is a compound word made up of two words, thanks and giving. And I want to talk to you as we go into this holiday season, as we go into this season of the celebration of the Lord, I want to talk to you about giving big. I received a challenge from the Lord to put before you, for us, that in this season, between now and December 15, pray about giving a significantly big gift to God. You know, as we celebrate Christmas, as, as, as we call it, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, so many people give gifts to one another. It's his birthday, but we give we don't give a gift to Jesus on his birthday. We give gifts to our children on Jesus' birthday. We give gifts to our spouse, our, our loved ones on Jesus' birthday. I, I, I guess it's a season of giving and uh, could be unique in and of itself. But in reality, in normal, in, in normal situation, you give the gift of the person that you celebrate. You give it to them. And so here's this great challenge is to give and to give big. And I want to show you from the word of God an individual who did that. 
who lived big and give and gave big. I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 26. And we'll begin reading in verse number 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. I emphasize that because from what we've studied, this alabaster box of very precious, very costly oil was valued at one year's salary. She poured that on Jesus' head as he sat at the table. She emptied the entire flask. Now, whatever the average salary is, whether it be 50000 even a $30,000 salary is a significant amount of money and a significant value. She obviously had, had bought this and purchased this with hard-earned money. She had set this aside and used it, you know, uh, just a little dab will do you. Come on. And that's how you know that it's costly because, you know, just a little bit will last you the whole day. And so she had, this is a very precious thing. Maybe she could even leave it for, for her children. But nonetheless, its value was little in comparison to the value she placed on Jesus. But when the disciples saw it, now the, his disciples are, are watching this. They were ignorant. Did I read that right? (laughs) I mean, they were ignorant. No, I still didn't read that right. They were indignant. It bothered them seriously saying, why this waste? Uh, Our our three-year-old is at the point now where he's learned the, the word why. And he can ask a lot of questions. Why, Dad? You know, it's time to take a nap. Why? <laughs> oh, no, no nap. No nap. Doesn't want to go to sleep. Why? Why, Daddy? Why, Dada? <laughs> and, and obviously, in, in his inventory, in his child, you know, he doesn't understand why. And, and the disciples didn't understand why. Why am I bringing that out? Because you might not understand why are we placing such an emphasis Why are we being challenged to give big right now? Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Verse 10, but when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. Now notice this. She did something good for Jesus. And that's really at the heartbeat of this challenge. I want to show you that this is Thanksgiving. What this woman did with this this valuable gift and giving it to Jesus, she is thankful for all that he had done in her life, thankful for who he has been in her life. And she, as an act, come on somebody, of Thanksgiving, gave Big to God. Here's the challenge. Do good. Do a good work for Jesus. Do something. I'm I'm challenging you to be prayerful over these next few weeks. And on December 15th, I want you to bring 
a good offering to Jesus. Amen. I think I lost a few amens on that one. So we'll keep it going. For the poor, you have always. Well, well, Pastor, you know, I believe the church should give to the poor. And the church does give to the poor. When you give to the church, you are giving to Jesus. And, and we are to do the works of Jesus. We are to minister to the sick. We are to minister to the widows. We are to minister to the homeless. And we do those things. And you can even see your seed as a twice-sown seed. So that when you give unto the Lord and, the, and, and then the church then moves to give into the homeless distribution or give into the children's ministry. Give it to the Lord. Put it in the Lord's hand. Let him bless it. And then let him multiply it in the lives of others. Amen. He says, you have the poor. You can do for the poor. They're with you always, but me. You do not have always. In other words, you can give to the poor, and that's one thing, but it ought to be times where you give to Jesus, and that's another. In verse 12, he goes on to say, uh, is that it? Okay, so I don't know what the next one is. Um, Then, now, what's interesting is this story about this woman is in every single one of the Gospels. And I was just led. I could literally stop the message right now because the message has already been preached. I could literally stop right now. (laughs) But there are several things that I saw in each account that encourages me that we're right right on the right path and right on the right plan. Mark's account, he sees it from a different perspective. In verse 3, the Bible says, And being in Bethany, well, Matthew said he was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Okay, well, he said he was in Simon the leper. He sat at the table, okay, and a woman came with an alabaster flask. There it is again, very costly, uh, a spike nerd. And she broke the flask and she poured it on his head. Verse 4, but there was some that were indignant. I mean, it bothers some people. There are some people that do not believe in giving to churches. I mean, they give very little. They might give $20 as a staple offering. You know, they'll put that $20 in there faithfully. And then after a year has gone by, their income may be whatever. And if if they took an interest to see how much have I given to the body of Christ in this year, that $20 over the, you know, 10 or 12 Sundays or, or, or maybe 24 Sundays that you that, that they came will amount to very little. This woman's gift was very significant. I remember the first time I gave a $1,000 offering to the body of Christ. I remember that. I mean, and it's been many others since then. But it makes a mark on your heart. You know, even when we give our tithes, I mean, that, that's a, it should be a significant, a 10%. That's a huge portion. But when you go above and beyond and give sacrifice, if you've never tried it, Let me encourage you. Give big. Amen. So they were upset. It bothered them and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And notice this. They criticized her sharply. So his disciples are hearing this. It bothered them, but they didn't just allow it to bother them inwardly they spoke up oh oh this is why why'd you do that and then they started you know you this could have been given to they they started to be very critical of her 
it brings up the question of why would this woman give so significantly to Jesus? Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? He came to her defense. He said, for she has done a good work for me. I want to say it again. Do a good work for Jesus this year. Amen. Verse seven goes on to say, for the poor you have with you always, whenever you wish, you may do for them. But do something for me. Amen. That's what I'm encouraging. He said, but for me, you do not have always. Verse eight. She is she has done. What she could. Let me talk to you about this, this challenge that we have from the Lord. Do what you can. Don't overextend yourself. Don't do what you can't do. If you don't have it to give, don't try to come up with it. And certainly don't put it on a credit card. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give big and and you use Visa. (laughs) You're going to go into debt to give to God? No, no, that's not his will for you. This woman did what she could. It's not about the amount. And it is about the amount. What it's about is the quality of the decision of the heart and the quality of the gift to you. The woman that gave the two mites, that was all that she had. Now, if that's all you have, God bless you. Get, and that would be a big gift for you to give everything that you have in that account. But for most of us, we have a little bit more than two mites. And it does matter what we give. Because of the quality of the gift. She did what she could. Say it out loud. Do what you can. Uh, Go back. I want to catch that last part. She did what she could for she has come beforehand to anoint my body. Who is the body of Christ? Or where is the body of Christ is a better question. In the earth. The church is the body of Christ. Amen. If you're part of faith family church, faith family is a good ground that you can plant seed in. But maybe the Lord will move upon you to sow a seed into the church that you grew up in or whatever it is. What I'm encouraging you to do and challenging you to do is give to the body of Christ in this season. Let your biggest gift, your biggest Christmas gift, let it be for the Lord before anybody else. Amen. And she did it for to anoint his body for burial. Verse number nine. Most assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. Who is this woman that brought this alabaster box? This is going to be preached throughout all generations as long as this gospel is preached. And notice her seed comes up before God as a memorial. When you give that $1,000 offering or that $10,000 offering, as one person gave to Faith Family a few years ago, a $25,000 one-time gift offering, when you give like that significantly, it come, God remembers that. Come on, God remembers that seed that's been sown, and it produces in your life for ages to come. In Luke chapter 7, this is the third account, same situation, but still you'll see a nuance of something different. In verse 36, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. So Simon the leper, I don't know if he was a Pharisee, but Jesus was in the house of Simon the leper. But what we see now is that the religious folks came and asked Jesus to come and eat with him. He's in Bethany. 
And they went to the Pharisee's house. So it had to be that Simon was the Pharisee. And he sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. Who is this woman? Well, now we know she was a sinner woman. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask filled of fragrant oil. Verse 38, and she stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. She kissed his feet. What's going on here? She loves Jesus. And anointed them with the fragrant oil. Verse 39 says, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. That's like thinking on the inside. Or maybe he said it under his breath. He said, this man, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what manner of woman this who is touching. I don't don't think she should even be touching it. Who is this woman? And he says, he's thinking of saying this to himself, because this woman is a sinner. Don't he know that? Now think about that. Uh, think about that for a moment. Uh, what, what, what kind of what sin, sin does a woman do? Now, very, there are very few women serial killers. Very few, very, very few women that, that, that murder. It's just kind of like real contrary to the nature of a woman, right? And on the contrary, you see so many men, so forth and so on. And, um, but then there's a, a lot of other things that a woman could do that, that could be known as sin. Oh, I'm trying to paint the picture quietly. But this was a woman of the city who was known by other men to be a sinner. Picture painted enough. And he thought within himself, who is this woman? If Jesus were a prophet, he would know who and what manner of woman this is. For she was a sinner. And watch what Jesus does with this thought. And Jesus answered him. He's talking to himself. He wasn't talking to Jesus. Now, before we read that the disciples got indignant or or indignant, right? And and they begin to criticize her, but it didn't talk about this Pharisee. So we're saying this. There was an uproar in the room that night. So, I mean, everybody got stirred. I mean, the, the, the disciples of Jesus were stirred up about this. The Pharisees got stirred up about this. And so now Jesus speaks up. Of course, he, he, he defended the woman, leave the woman, told the disciples, you all leave her alone. And now he's saying, Simon, I got something to say to you. And he said, say it, teacher. So everybody's listening. He said there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. All of a sudden, he's going to take up a message. And you might not, you might right now think, well, come on, Pastor, we need to go. Now, are you going to teach the whole, I'm going to teach the whole message. So all of a sudden, they're all in an uproar. You know, leave her alone. Simon, I've got something to say to you. Then he starts telling a story. He says, there was a certain creditor. Everybody's listening, the disciples, the Pharisees, this woman. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, and one owed 500 denarii. And I don't know what a denarii is. I can look it up. Don't, I, I'm not, I, I did go to, to, to Bible school, but I don't know off the top of my head. 500 denarii. If it was $500, $500,000, 5000 whatever the amount is, it's big. The other guy only owed 50 So even if a denarii was a dollar, $50 compared to 500 Come on. $5,000 compared to $50,000. 
I mean, there's a big difference here. So one guy owes this huge debt. This other guy owes just a percentage of that. And when they had nothing with which they could repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love? What does love have to do with what this woman is doing? What's love got to do with it? Has everything for God so love that he gave That's what love does. And in this season where God is working in us through his word in perfecting love, the first level of love that we, you and I, should be perfecting is our love for God. Recognizing that God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus and I can love God more than I do right now. Well, how do you express that love? Love is expressed also through giving. Uh, Sister Teresa's mom is here today. Bless you. Amen. She had been visiting over the past several months, and she heard me mention that I shared my laptop computer with the church. She's a visitor, you know. Essentially, she's faith family to us, but she lives up in Dallas, Fresno area. She, all of a sudden, I started getting stuff at the house. And I'm like, Stanley Scott. And it was a software package. I said, babe, what's this? And she says, well, Sister Teresa told me about something like this. Another week goes by and a brand new laptop computer shows up in my house. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't mean to bring no embarrassment to you, but I am just love gives. She thought the pastor ought to have his own laptop. Didn't say anything. Didn't I? I don't even know how she got my address. <laughs> oh, when they had nothing to repay. He freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. He said, you have judged rightly. Then watch this. He turned to the woman and said, now, now this is weird. You're talking to Simon. All right, you'll be Simon and you'll be the woman with the, with the alabaster box. So he's talking to everybody, telling them this story. Simon, I got something to say. Let me ask you a question. Two credits over from the story. Which one? He answers. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, I ain't even going to look at you. I'm talking to you. (laughs) But he looked at the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered into your, he talking to Simon, but looking at the woman. I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with the hairs that were, that were and wiped them with the hair of her head. Verse 45 says, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you while I'm looking at her. I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Why? Because she loved me more than you love me. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. I got a question to ask you today. How much do you love God? Who is this woman? I'll tell you who this woman is in John chapter 11 as we get ready to close. In John chapter 11 verse 1 it says this. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus. Lazarus lived in Bethany. Jesus in Matthew 26 was in Bethany. 
Man, same hometown. Now, this is also the town of Mary and Martha. Y'all remember Mary and Martha? Mary sat at his feet to hear his word while Martha was busy about serving. Well, Lazarus was sick. But it was that Mary, his sister, who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Oh, this woman in Matthew 26, this woman in Mark 14, this woman in Luke chapter 7 is Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Not only was she forgiven her for her sins, God had been good to her. God had met her at her worst and at her lowest. And then when a crisis came into their family, he was there to turn that situation around. This helps me understand how she could take thousands upon thousands and pour it at his feet because he had been good. I'm here to tell you today, this is butterball turkey. This don't cut it for Thanksgiving. Hanging out with family, no comparison to the real Thanksgiving. But to pour out your love to God in a gift, this is true Thanksgiving. I close in John chapter 12 and verse number 1. Then six days before the Passover. Now remember, John 11 is telling the story about the the resurrection of, of Lazarus. But John 12, and they're just referring back. This is the Mary that after Jesus raised him from the dead and before Jesus was dead on the cross himself, she did this. So in John 11, he raises her brother from the dead. Now she had already been out of whom demons were cast. He had delivered her from demonic oppression, set her free. She recognizing that she is such a great love. The Bible says six days before the Passover, not, not long after Lazarus had been raised from the dead. Jesus came back to Bethany. Got word in the house. Martha, I heard that Jesus is in Bethany. Yeah, Martha. Yeah, Mary. I heard that he's going to be having dinner at Simon's house. Oh, my gosh. Lazarus. Lazarus. Jesus is back in Bethany. Come on, let's go see him. And so he went to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom they had, Jesus had raised from the dead, and there they made a supper for him, and Martha served. Hey, Simon, can I help? Simon the Pharisee, can I help? I, I like to serve, and Jesus is here. Can, I know how to cook. I, I, I could cook some of them yeast rolls. <laughs> Come on, I, I can I can make some candied yams that I don't know what they eat in Israel. I, I, oh no no, I got some special world famous hummus. <laughs> hey, I done preached myself, happy. I got five minutes. I'm going to use it. <laughs> so she's there, and, and so Martha comes over, and Lazarus there, and Mary. She went home, and she got that that thing she had been she'd been using a little bit of that. That you know that perfume had to be good. <laughs> you know. There, there's some, I don't know if it's endorphins or, or, or something that they put in certain perfumes. She used the same thing that brought her value in the world. Where'd she get the money to buy that? 
I know I don't have an hour to preach this message. She went home. She went home. And she got a pound of very costly oil, spikenard, and anointed his feet. Wiped his, anointed Jesus. Wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrant oil. But one of his disciples, Matthew just said his disciples. Mark just said his disciples. Luke said, Simon was thinking, man, if he knew who she was. But John tells off on him. One of the number one disciples that had a real problem with giving to Jesus was Judas. We got to watch who company we keep. Right? So if, I, if this kind of message bothers you, watch, watch out now. Because it bothered Judas to give to Jesus. Who would betray him? And he said, uh, verse 5. Why? <laughs> He's like the kids. Why? Why? Why was this fragrant oil? Now, so it was Judas that said that. Now, he was the spirit. He was the, the, he, he was the leader of it. The others were thinking the same thing. But it was originated in Judas. Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii? Think about it. 500 denarii was the, 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 the example of the story. Why wasn't this sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said, not that he cared for the poor. Well, the church ought to be about doing this and doing this for the poor and helping those and helping the orphans and helping those. Yeah, the church ought to be about that, but you're, you're saying it from the wrong spirit. Not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. If I had time, I would talk about how Malachi says, bring all the tithes, will a man rob God? But you have robbed me. Oh, he got quiet. He was a thief. He had the money box he used to take from Jesus rather than give to him. What was putting? And Jesus said, leave her alone, for she has kept the day of my burial. For the poor you have always with you, but me you do not have always. Stand up on your feet. I just want to challenge you as we get ready to start this brand new series. Prayerfully consider giving big. I want to bless the pastor of the Phil M. Seventh-day Adventist Church. He and his wife stepped in to be a part of the service. Will you put your hands together for Pastor Valbert Walker? It's been a blessing knowing you, brother. We speak God's blessings to you and your congregation in Jesus' name. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in prayer as we're